But the very sad thing is she wanted to love somebody that loved her. She wanted to be married. She wanted to have a family. That will never happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Welcome to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we like to recommend. And Kevin Troller is here to talk to us about the Clintons, but That's more right. specifically, he's going to be reviewing two books that are very closely tied to a lot of what happened during Bill Clinton's presidency. So which book are we going to start with today? Let's start with, with Monica's book, uh, which is called Monica's Story. It's written by Andrew Morton, who's a New York Times bestselling author. People may know Andrew Morton more for a book that he wrote on Princess Diana, Her True Story. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that at the height of the Monica Lewinsky-Clinton affairs, that Andrew Morton actually reached out to Monica Lewinsky and asked, could he tell her story? She's not one for publicity. She never wanted to do book signings and all things like that. But she did very much want her story to be told because I think anyone who lived through that realizes she really was the only victim. Everybody had a reason to use Monica for their own personal gains and she became the true victim in the whole story. And what kind of information do you learn about her story that maybe wasn't in the main narrative at that time? Like what new stuff is there in there? You know, good story, good thing, because most of it, this is one of the few things, this is like 95 to 98, the end of it's in 99. So depending on where you were at in that point in place in time, this played out 100% on TV. So, so much of the narrative people understand about it. I think the book does a really good job of trying to get into her head and understand what she was going through. I think it's easy for people to understand, okay, a young 22-year-old got caught up in an affair with somebody much older than her. Okay, Mm -hmm. it happens all the time in society. Had that happened before? Yes, she had an affair with a previously married man. You know, so most of that people really knew about it. But I think the book and if you saw a recent documentary, there's an eight-part docudrama that talked a lot about it, that she co-produced, very similar to the book. I think both of them do a really good job of showing just the terror that was going on in her life, how totally consumed she was by the relationship with President Clinton and to the extreme lengths that she went to protect him. Mm -hmm. She would have done anything to protect it. it wasn't about that people knew she had an affair or not she respected him she respected the office of the president she she never ever ever wanted anything that she did or said to reflect bad on the president she would have taken it to her grave and she was pretty isolated right because of her affair yeah i would say so i mean again a young intern 22 years old in the white house you know if if you if you read anything about the clinton administration very, very young group of people that came in with the Clintons. So even his chief of staff, George Stephanopoulos, who now is on TV for a lot of different things, but he describes coming into Washington, D.C. in a limousine at 30 years old and saying, oh, my God, what have we gotten into? Okay, she's 22 Mm -hmm. when she's an intern in, in the White House and a series of happenstances that allows her to work in the West Wing of the White House, where she even meets the president. And the book starts out, she doesn't think anything about the president. He's an old guy. I mean, he's 25 plus years her senior. She didn't think anything about him. 
But as she went to describe him and many others did, people that were caught up on President Clinton describe a charisma that he has that if there's 5,000 people in the room, if he's looking at you and talking to you, he makes you feel like you're the only person that even exists. She very much got caught up in that. Throw in some opportunities, throw in some times alone, throw in some voids. If you know anything about the Clinton relationship between the two Clintons, that's most people would describe it more about power and not about love. Mm -hmm. So a lot of different things would have contributed to, you know, the chance meetings that they had. And you actually read this book pretty recently, right? I did. You asked for it for Christmas. I did. (laughs) You asked for it? (laughs) I did. So I I was in the Pentagon. The first time I was stationed in the Pentagon was 1998, which was right after she had left, right after the story had broke. So if you can imagine a building that houses 22,000 workers, that the topic on everyone's lip and in every cafeteria is Linda Tripp and Monica Lewinsky. I knew a lot about what had happened. I didn't have the book, never got the book at the point in place and time. And honestly, because of what I think of President Clinton, I wasn't mm-hmm. that interested. I, I knew Monica Lewinsky was the victim. I knew so much about what I had heard in the Pentagon, so I thought I had a pretty good knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. But it was the recent TV eight-part series docudrama that I thought did a really, really good job of, do, of, of exposing the whole thing. Yeah. Again, from a Monica Lewinsky perspective. And at the end of it, that docudrama ends with her just starting the book signings of this book. And I looked at my wife when that series ended. And I said, boy, I'd really like to get that book. I'd like to read it. What she told me after the fact was this is a very, very hard book to get now. Yeah. I don't know that they've reprinted it. This when was it published? 1999. Oh, wow. Like, So I have like a very weird perspective because I was six <laughs> when this happened. Okay. <laughs> when and I was old. old, Katie. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying that because <laughs> I literally know nothing about it. Like, of course, Noah was mentioning to the six-year-old what was happening. Uh, the only thing I know is like basically that it became a joke for like the 10 15 years after. Yeah, Um, and it's really sad when you think in those terms because the problem for President Clinton, it was such a major part of his whole adult life. So there's just so many. The the way the docudrama and the book ends, as more and more women uh, came out, you know, because of this, because the Monica Lewinsky story doesn't actually start with her. Paula Jones from Mm -hmm. Arkansas was the first woman that that tells everybody the president made an advance on her in a hotel that was an unwanted advance. And so she starts to go public. Um, Some real issues between Paula Jones and her husband, but another attorney gets involved. And this is where you see how people oftentimes are just used as pawns. Mm -hmm. Paula Jones had a legitimate issue. And when she started out, all she wanted was an apology. Yeah. Really, she wanted people to know this happened. I didn't want it. I want an apology. Once her attorney gets involved, it became slamming the Clintons and how much money can we get? Mm-hmm. So initially, they offer her 750000 to be quiet and go away. Her lawyer and her husband wind up saying, no, we're not going to take. They saw much more. They thought they were going to make millions on this whole deal. Well, in so doing, Paula Jones gets just drugged through the ringer. Um, The Clinton administration was very, very good with other lawyers and people and fighting off issues. 
Paula Jones winds up getting divorced. Her husband leaves her and basically accuses her of it actually happened. I mean, she loses everything Mm -hmm. to pay her legal fees. She does a penthouse spread, which she never would have done. I mean, it's not who she was, but she needed money. She had nothing to pay the bill. She couldn't get a job, much Mm -hmm. like Monica Lewinsky. People were making fun of her. And I think she's a realtor. In, mm-hmm. in Arkansas right now, remarried at the time. But that's where it starts. There's yeah. a Paula Jones. There's a Jennifer Flowers. There's mm-hmm. other people long before Monica Lewinsky. And Monica just... Lewinsky became a story because people wanted to take down the Clintons. I make no bones about it. You know, I cried watching the movie. I cried reading the yeah. book as a father. Mm-hmm. If that was my daughter and what she had gone through, and we all make mistakes. I, yeah. Monica Lewinsky says what she did was wrong in terms of the affair and, yeah. and what that was and the obsession that she had because it became so real to her. She wanted much more. She envisioned a life after his mm-hmm. presidency with him. And so she was totally, totally invested. She was distraught what she was going through. That I mean, she was banished from the White House and sent to the Pentagon. I mean, this story exists because someone else banished from the White House, sent to the Pentagon, Linda Tripp, by happenstance, links up in the same work mm-hmm. area with Monica Lewinsky. They're just having conversation in the cafeteria. Monica Lewinsky leads to that she... You know, had an affair with somebody, pretty powerful person. But for a long time, Linda Tripp does not know it's the president. And Monica keeps thinking after the reelection, she's going to be brought back to the White House. That's what Clinton had told her. That's what she wanted. She becomes tremendously distraught when after the election, she realized she is never coming mm-hmm. back to the White House. And then she tells Linda Tripp that the person that she had the affair with was the president. Well, right. unfortunately, I don't think she's still able to distance herself from what happened, oh, right? I, she, she can't. So yeah. that's part of why we've got, forget the book. The book was written in 99 yeah. when she was trying to pay legal fees for all the attorneys. Mm-hmm. The documentary has come out, and, and where she has finally come to grips, she, long after the incident, the Star Report, the Office of the Independent Counsel, long after that, she goes away. She tries to have a life. She can't have a life. Mm-hmm. Anytime she tries to get a job, it's all about what you talked yeah. about, people making fun of her because of the affairs. She goes to London. She gets a master's, if not a Ph.D. Mm-hmm. She was really into psychology. She really wanted to do good things. Everyone wants to talk about yeah. The affair. She said, I will never, ever be able to distance myself from this issue. So she now talks about it. I don't know how much of it, but the docudrama that she went that she co-produced. I think she still tries to do some other things. I think she does some podcasts and she's into some other things good for life. But the very sad thing is she wanted to love somebody that loved her. She wanted to be married. She wanted to have a family. That will never happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't think it'll ever happen. I, I'd love to see her find the perfect person that would respect her for the person that she is so that she could have the life that she has. But it certainly has not been the case so far. If someone can find this book, would you recommend that they read it? Oh, my gosh, yes. To me, it's a walk down memory lane because I can relate it to so much that I was hearing in the um, Pentagon at Mm -hmm. the time. And it just all kept centering on Monica. It became the Mm -hmm. biggest thing to kind of use against the Clintons. And so if you weren't around then, if you really don't know all the pieces Mm -hmm. that came together to really understand there is only one victim in all of this. It's Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. Yes, if you feel like you need to hold it against her because she had an affair with a married man, then do so, okay? 
and ye without sin cast the first stone, I guess I would say. But once you actually get into the story and you see all the competing players, it is really clear everybody used her as the pawn mm-hmm. in the process. And, and unfortunately, she's paid the price. Now, apparently reading this uh, made you fired up enough that you had to visit a second title, talking about more specifically the Clintons. How about we delve into that one a bit? The second book is by Barbara Olson, another New York Times bestselling author. This book is entitled The Final Days. The Last Desperate Abuses of Power by the Clinton White House. So again, my military career was really Reagan, Bush, Clinton, Bush, and I retired with the second Bush. Again, as a military guy with the commander-in-chief of the presidents that I served with, I have great respect for the commanders-in-chief except for President Clinton. Part was the Monica Lewinsky story, but far from that, just how his presidency was, what they did, the Whitewater scandals. What this book talks about is, if you don't think it's bad enough what he did with Monica Lewinsky, well, let's talk about the last few days, all the pardons for the people that he gave out that were notorious drug traffickers and the people that he pardoned that everybody, even the insiders, could not believe what Clinton was doing. They stole things from the White House as they left the office. So here's a a couple that I guess they're most of their adult life because they had the governor mansion in Arkansas. Then they had the White House. They'd never have to live in a house and furnish a house like you and I have to do. They stole furniture and things from the White House to people that endorsed them, liked them. They basically coerced gifts out of them. There's a section Mm -hmm. of this book that's two or three pages long of furniture, golf clubs, Everything that people, quote, gave the Clintons. This book, if you're not mad enough about the Clintons, just dwell into how they left the White House. It was an absolute embarrassment. And is this, this is literally like the last few days of them being in office. It is. Okay, so it's not spanning the entire presidency, just that last bit. Yeah, they touch a little bit on his presidency to set the stage for Mm -hmm. how much you know, problems there was with the Clinton administration. It does a pretty good job of, again, as most people believe, that there's not a connection of love between the Clintons. It's it's a power. It's both of them supporting where each of them wanted to be. This book is actually written before Hillary runs for the president. It knows she wants to be the president and have another Clinton administration. So, so much about their relationship is really about the power Mm -hmm. between the two. I read a book years ago about their early days when they met at Yale. She's always been Hillary, the power broker of the couple. He's the charismatic guy. Mm-hmm. He's the womanizer. He's the guy having fun. What other stuff do they, they talk about in those final days other than stealing the furniture? <laughs> gross pardons. Yeah. The gross, gross pardons. pardons. I mean, they really go into, you know, let me let me just read a part, a yeah. paragraph, if I will, because, you know, I was trying to think, you know, find something that was short enough that just kind of sums up the tenor. But mm-hmm. here's a part that says, at a time when the United States stood as the world's only superpower, The Clintons exercised presidential power as if they ruled an emerging third world dictatorship, pardoning a brother and an ex-girlfriend, pardoning billionaire fugitives, allowing drug kingpins to buy influence, buying votes and acting like an absolute monarch. These are the actions of tin horn autocrats in less respected countries. I often thought if Bill Clinton ran today, he would it would be amazing how many votes he would still have. It was amazing the people that are just 
connected and, and, and admire the charisma. But I think that paragraph shows a lot. There was just a lot of alleged illegal activity, personal gain, stealing of property. They operate as if they can do anything to anybody. That's what makes the Monica stories. I mean, she was a pawn. She was a 22-year-old girl that you just crushed like you did everybody else, because mm-hmm. that's his way of life. Sadly, yeah, you impeached him, but you didn't take him. We didn't take him out of office. You know, you can do all of this. And at the end of the day, I don't know what would ever make us take somebody out of office if we didn't take Clinton out of office. I think we've seen some themes like that in recent events, too. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's just crazy. I mean, you think back when you put all the books together. I mean, it's just amazing that somebody could actually get away with that. And who knows if he ran again today, he probably would be pretty popular. The book does a pretty good job in the, the final days of really just asking the question since so many people are enamored with the Clintons. But what did he do? Mm-hmm. I mean, so most other presidencies have got a major war, a major conflict, things that they have to do. His didn't. So his presidency isn't really known for much policy direction. His presidency is 100 percent consumed with his personal family illegal activities mm-hmm. and the womanizing. But the world got so used to hearing about the womanizing that one of the latest that's brought up in the Monica Lewinsky book is a woman that long before that, he physically raped. So Paula Jones, he kissed in a hotel and she said, I don't want to. He physically raped a woman who finally came out and it comes at the later stages of the Monica Lewinsky in in the Star Report. They show people in a bar and they're talking about this woman that's illegit. They make them change the channel. It's like, oh, we're just tired of hearing about Clinton and women. I mean, people just took it as, okay, there's another woman today with an issue about Clinton. Oh, well. I mean, who talks about the president like that? Yeah. Would you recommend that someone read both of these books together if if they wanted to get a full picture? Or do you think that you could read one without the other and get the general vibe of? <laughs> well, of the, the Monica Lewinsky story, I, I think that if you really want to put the Star Report and everything else in context, especially like, as you mentioned, if, if you didn't live those times mm-hmm. and really understand it, I think this and the docudrama, which are very similar, gives a lot of context. The other book from Barbara Olson, she's obviously not a Clinton supporter. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that pro-Clintonites could write a similar book like this about how great his presidency was. I just thought it was funny to put them back together because I'd actually read this book, The Final Days, many, many, many years ago. It's just I was so worked up after reading the Monica Lewinsky book. (laughs) I just felt the need to get even more fired up. Just keep going. I said, I think I remember reading that book, and that really ticked me off. I said, yeah, yeah, let me read that one again. Um, Some people who didn't live it might say, well, wait a minute. Let's not define his whole presidency on, okay, he had a couple of affairs or, mm -hmm. or whatever. Okay, if if that's the context, if you think that the only negativism of the Clintons is around that issue, this book does a pretty good job of explaining it. It focuses most on the last 10 days, but it does talk whitewater and other things. The whole book collectively tells you it was much more than just sexual issues. Yeah. It's a pattern of conduct. Mm-hmm. I think the Monica Lewinsky one is especially interesting in light of Me Too and seeing a lot of other narratives about women and trying to um, 
hold people in power, whether it's through wealth or um, political power, political power, or even just by being famous, trying to Mm -hmm. hold those individuals accountable for their actions. All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing us a slice of recent history Mm -hmm. and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.